guys welcome back to the podcast hey if you clicked on today's episode as always this is a message that i preached at yona in june and it's not a typical episode that we do at questions with caden but it is a live message that i preached uh i just want to say thanks so much for clicking on the podcast i really hope that this message encourages you um, in your walk with jesus the message today is titled do you hear that and i talk a bit about how to hear the voice of God, and I'm really believing that uh, after this episode, you will have new tools and a new inspiration, um, and maybe a new perspective and revelation about how to hear the voice of God. I want to invite you, if you live in Southern California, to come out to a Yona Nights. Our next one is July 7th. Um, details are available at yonanights.com or at Yona Nights on Instagram, TikTok, all the socials. Um, yeah. Would love to see you there. Would absolutely love to see you there. Me and my whole team will be there, and we would love to meet you and have a great night with you. Alrighty, let's jump in. Hey, I'm really excited. I got a word to preach tonight, and uh, last month I got a word, and if you were here last month, you know that I deleted it 48 hours before I preached it. So praise God, tonight I got the full allotted time to prepare. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm excited to preach tonight. If you have a Bible, go ahead and turn with me to 1 Kings 18, 41 through 46. Hey, who brought a physical Bible? We got anybody holy? Physical Bible? Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I don't know if you guys know, but there's like a special place in heaven for you guys. Seated at the right hand. It's like, isn't that Jesus? Yeah. All right, haul at me if you're there. Are we there? All right, we got some reading to do today. But before we jump in, there's a couple of things you need to know. We are about to jump into 1 Kings. And we're going to read a story about a prophet named Elijah. Now, prophets in the Old Testament were, were the individuals that God used to speak to his people. Now, what you need to know is when we pick up the story here in 1 Kings 18, we're going to be reading about Elijah. At this point, Elijah is the only Old Testament prophet left because all the others had been hunted down and killed. There was an evil king, his name was Ahab, and he married this, this woman named Jezebel. Crazy what a crazy girl would do to you, huh? And she convinced him to start worshiping pagan gods and to hunt down all the prophets of God. So we come to Jonah, we come to this story of Elijah, and what you need to know is that Israel is currently in a drought. Because of Israel's turning away from God, because they listened to King Ahab, they've been in a drought for almost four years. The Bible says that the drought is so extreme that there's not even dew on the grounds in the morning. Like, how bad does a drought have to be where it's not even a little bit, like, moist? Does anybody hate that word, moist? My sister just cringed back there. So that's where we are. Let's pick it up. 1 Kings 18, 41 through 46. 
Was there like jet propulsion laboratories happening in the back of this room? What is going on? That thing is loud. I'm like feeling it all the way up here. I'm like, is that God? All right, let's jump into this thing. We got a little bit of reading to do. Did you hear it? Just, and a calm came over the room. Just believe in the peace of Jesus. Come on, somebody. All right, let's read verse 41. It says, then Elijah said to Ahab, go get something to eat and drink. For I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. I want you to remember, we're in a drought. It hasn't rained for almost four years. I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. So Ahab, he went to eat and drink. But Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. Then he said to his servant, go and look out toward the sea. The servant went and looked, then returned to Elijah and said, I don't see anything. Somebody say, I don't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go and look. Finally, on the seventh time, his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. And soon the sky was black with clouds and a heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm and Ahab left quickly for Jezreel. Then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked his cloak into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. I want to preach a message tonight that I've titled, Do You Hear That? Would you guys pray with me? Lord, we love you so much. We ask God, would you speak to us tonight? Would you teach us how to hear your voice so that we can answer your call? We're here for you. Holy Spirit, speak. I pray that you would open hearts and minds and ears. And everybody said. Have you ever, um, have you ever heard something that nobody else heard and you thought you were going crazy? Like a faint beeping, like, is someone going to get that? I remember a handful of years, probably five years ago, I was laying in my bed at night, and I was about to fall asleep, and I heard this, like, annoying, faint beeping in the distance. It was like a beep. And then just as I was, like, about to fall asleep, it'd be like, beep. Like, just annoying enough to, like, keep you up. And there's something about, like, focusing on a sound, even though it's not loud, that, like, makes it louder. So this like, per, this like proceeded, I, I went to bed that night, finally fell asleep through it, woke up the next day, I was in my room getting ready in the morning, and I heard the beep, beep. And so I remember I went down to my family, I was like, is anybody hearing like a beep? And they're like, no, what are you talking about? I'm like, it kept me up all night, nobody heard like a beep? They're like, no, you're crazy. And I'm like, I, I either need like to fix batteries in the smoke alarm or like go to the insane asylum, because I swear I'm hearing this beep. And the beep persisted. For like a couple days, every time I'd go in my room, there'd be this beep, beep, beep. And it kept getting louder and it kept getting more frequent. And every single night, every single morning, I was like, this beep is so annoying. It's driving me crazy and nobody else can hear it. 
So I did a little investigative work. And one morning I woke up to the sound of the beep. And I walked, I was like, I'm going to find this beep. I got to figure out where this beep is at. So I started following the sound of the beep. I like went into the like room next to mine. I'm like, is it, where is this friggin' thing? And I'm like looking around. I'm like, it's got to be somewhere. And I like followed the beep downstairs. I followed it to the living room. I followed it out the front door, down the street. And I got to my neighbor's house, literally right next to my house. And I was like, is the beep coming from there? So I like approached the door and I like put my head up against the door and sure enough, I hear the beep. See, the reason I was hearing something that nobody else could hear is because my room was positioned where nobody else's room was positioned in the house. When we see Elijah in this story right here, we hear him say in verse one, I hear a rainstorm coming. But we were in a drought. Later in the verse, he sends out his servant to say, hey, I hear a rainstorm coming. Go look. And the servant comes back and goes, there's nothing out there. There's not a cloud in the sky. See, tonight I want to help us unpack this idea of being able to hear the voice of God. I preached last month. And I said, but if you are afraid, and I preached the month before, and I said, it's time to get up. And I called all of us and this generation to get up and answer the call on our lives that God has placed. And then the Holy Spirit told me, but some people don't know how to hear my voice. See, the key to hearing God's voice, the reason Elijah could hear the voice of God, he could hear a word from God. I hear a rainstorm coming. And everybody else goes, no, you don't. We're in a drought. There's not a cloud in the sky. See, biblical commentaries will tell you that what Elijah heard is he heard a prophetic rainstorm. What's prophetic? It means God told him a rainstorm was coming. But why could Elijah hear something that nobody else could? It's because Elijah had positioned his life where nobody else's life was positioned. Getting a word from God requires the correct proximity to his presence. And many of us go, hey, I want to hear the voice of God. I want to know what the call is on my life. I know that there's this corporate call to tell people about Jesus. And maybe if a generation would, we could shift the nation and our state and the world. Don't get me started on that. You know, I'll go there. But we're so eager as a generation to know what God has called us to individually. And we get frustrated when we can't hear the word of God. We can't hear his voice. You ever just go to church like, man, I just hope pastor gives me a word today. You know, I just really need a word. You ever been there? I guess I'm the only one. Awesome. That's awesome. No, thank you. I'm just being vulnerable, which is super cool. Hey, let me just pause for a second. I'm going to need a little help. Okay, I'm going to need you to talk back to me. I'm going to need you to get, just get invested a little bit. I'm going to bleed out here. Let's bleed together. Okay, great. So anybody ever go to church and go, I just need a word? Yeah. yeah. We've all been there. Come on. But here's the problem. We go to church expecting a word. Why? Because we expect the presence to be at church. 
But the presence of God can be wherever you go. It can be in your daily life. It can be in your daily walk. It can be in your classroom. It can be at your job. It can be in your living room. He can be wherever you want him to be if you learn how to position yourself in the presence. You want to hear something nobody else can hear? You got to go somewhere nobody else wants to go. What does that take? It takes surrender in the secret place. Why could Elijah hear a rainstorm coming in the middle of a drought? Because Elijah knew where to find God. Listen, this is a message about intimacy with Jesus. And if you're like me, I was, growing up, I grew up in the church. Like, I grew up, like, who grew up in the church? Raise your hand. We got church kids. We got any pastor kids in the room? Praying for you. You know, like, don't rebel. Come home. I grew up in the church. I heard intimacy, intimacy. You need intimacy with Jesus. And I go, that's weird. I thought I was supposed to have intimacy with my wife. You're going, I don't know how I'm supposed to have intimacy. Especially if you're a guy, you're going, isn't God a dude? (laughs) But intimacy simply means vulnerability. Intimacy means knowing the fullness of someone and them knowing the fullness of you. If you want to hear the word of God, you got to catch a revelation of intimacy. Why? Because intimacy is an invitation to the voice of Jesus. And what does intimacy look like? Intimacy looks like sitting with Jesus on a daily basis, surrendering your will to his, asking him to run your life. I know, sounds scary. And understanding he's God and you're not. And then on the other side, understanding that Jesus is a friend who sticks closer than a brother, who wants to walk with you. Better answer that. (laughs) Who wants to walk with you. He wants to be with you. He wants to be in 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 the grimy moments as much as he wants to be in the squeaky clean ones. Intimacy is saying, God, this is all of me. I want to know all of you. Even if it means that I got to give you the grossest parts of me. The stuff nobody else wants to hear about. The addictions and the anxiety and the problems. If you want God to know all of you, you got to give him all of you. So Elijah, he hears something. What's interesting about the word here is that in Romans ten seventeen it says, faith comes from hearing. Somebody say hearing. Faith comes by hearing. And some of you can genuinely look at me and go, I've never heard the prompting of the Holy Spirit. I've never heard the voice of God before. And I would come to you and I'd say, that may be why your faith is low. Because this is what it takes. It takes positioning yourself in the presence to be close enough and intimate with Jesus to know him then to hear what he's saying about you, to hear what he's calling you to do, and then believing it. Elijah said, there's a rainstorm coming. 
And he believed it so much that he sent his servant to go outside and look. And his servant came back and said, mm-mm, mm-mm, nope, nothing out there. See, if, if Elijah listened to that voice instead of the voice of God, the story ends. If Elijah listens to the servant come back with no news, it's no longer a miracle. Because if faith comes by hearing, then logically I could probably argue that maybe other things do as well. Maybe doubt comes by hearing. Maybe fear comes by hearing. Maybe lust comes by hearing. There's a reason we have two ears and one mouth. And I'll be honest, I've struggled with this concept. I talk a lot. But what we listen to matters. If you're not listening to the voice of God, you're listening to something. And if God's voice can give you faith, I think the enemy's voice could give you fear. So Elijah hears, and he sends his servant, and his servant comes back, and he sends, there's no clouds. We're still in a drought. And Elijah goes, okay, cool. So what he does is he goes to the top of a mountain, and scripture says he gets down on his hands and his knees, and he begins to pray. He heard a word, then he heard another word counteracting the good word. What's the solution? Prayer. What's the solution for Elijah? He got back in the presence of God. Are you, are you catching the cycle? Elijah lives in the presence of God. He hears the voice of God because of intimacy. He then hears something that maybe could shake his faith. So where does he go? Back to the presence of God. Why? Because he needed to rehear what God was saying to him. He needed to be and have the right proximity to the voice. Why does that matter? I'll show you. You see, the closer I am to this microphone, the softer I talk. But the further away I get from this microphone... The less you can hear me, the louder I have to shout, and potentially the more distorted my voice can get. But the closer that I get to this microphone, I don't even have to bring my voice past a low decibel. If you could stay this close to Jesus... You don't need him to shout at you. You don't need to see a big miracle. You just need to get close enough so he can whisper in your ear. He can say, child, stay in the presence of Jesus. Stay close to me. I have things to tell you. I have places to take you. I have parts to heal. But you need to be close to me. So Elijah goes back to the presence of God. He hears a word. He gets discouraged by another word, and then he goes back to the presence. What now? 
That's where most of us find ourselves because most of the time that's where we stop. God goes, hey, I want you to do this, and it might be crazy. You have this inclination in your spirit. You, you have this vision for your life. You go, I mean, I might have to move across the country to do it, but I think this is what God wants me to do. And then somebody goes, I don't know, I don't think that will be the best idea. And you go, ah, you're probably right. And the story ends. But Elijah, he hears his servant go, there's nothing out there. And he goes, yet. So he gets on his knees and he starts to pray. And the Bible says that when he's on his knees praying, he keeps sending his servant to go and look. He sends his servant one time, his servant comes back and goes, hey, there's still nothing. He sends his servant a second time, the servant comes back and goes, hey, there's still nothing. He sends his servant a third time. The servant comes back. There's still nothing. He sends his servant a fourth time. And the servant comes back and goes, dude, there's literally still nothing. And Elijah sends him a fifth time. And he goes, the servant comes back and goes, dude, for real, I'm going to quit. There's nothing. What is Elijah doing between the time he sends his servant... And he waits on his servant. He's praying. You know what that's called? It's called intercession. What is intercession? It's partnering with God in prayer. But most of us, let's be honest, we don't have a seven times faith. Elijah sends his servant seven times before his servant comes back with any news. I can guarantee you that seventh walk back, the servant's like. But Elijah had the faith to send his servant seven times before he saw what he knew God spoke to him. Have you given up after one? Have you given up after two? Do you have the faith to keep looking, to keep praying, to keep asking, God, I know what you spoke to me, and I'm just going to go in the secret place, and I'm just going to go to war with you, and I'm just going to pray, I'm going to believe, and I'm just going to keep looking. (laughs) Too often, we go one time, God, I just really need this to happen. Please. And it doesn't happen. And maybe we'll have faith enough to go a second time. And maybe we'll have faith enough to go a fourth time. Maybe even if you're really holy and you brought your Bible tonight, you'll have faith to go a fifth time. But do you have seven times faith? Can you trust that what God spoke to you while you were intimate in the secret place, in the presence of God, is true? Or do you need to see something massive happen in your life to prove what God was speaking? Do you trust it or do you not? So Elijah sends his servant. And on the seventh time, his servant comes back to him. And what does he say? Pull the, pull the scripture up. Is it up? Oh, look, it is up. He says, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand. I don't know about you, but to me, it still feels like nothing. 
Do you need to see something big to believe that God is moving and what he spoke, he spoke? Or will you believe no matter the size, no matter what I see, God is working, God is good, God is true, he's not a liar? Often we go, okay, I want to hear the voice of God. We get in the secret place. Maybe we finally get a word. We hear the voice of God. We get an inclination on what we're supposed to do. An opportunity opens. A door opens. And we go, awesome. I heard what he said. And then we go, and it doesn't happen. We checked one time. Do we go back and pray and then check a second time? A third time? A fourth time? A fifth time? A sixth time? A seventh time? And on the seventh time, are we... Submitted enough to Jesus to see something as small as a man's hand and trust that it's a miracle. What do you need? Do you need, do you need like the rain actually to fall? Elijah's servant. I don't know his name. He just goes by Elijah's servant. Let's call him Dave. Like Dave, do you need the rain to fall? Do you need a mighty rainstorm to come? Or is the voice of God and what he spoke enough? Ben, you can come join me. See, this idea of intercession while we're with Jesus, what Elijah's doing really between one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven, is this idea of partnering with Jesus. Why is that important? I'm sure many would argue, hey, if if God's big enough, do I need to do anything? If God's good enough, do I need to rely on my little prayers to do anything with God? No, but God is, he's good enough to want to do something with you. God is good enough to want to partner with his creation in what he has called and asked them to do. This is the thing about prayer. Prayer is powerful. Because if you can move the heart of God, he'll move his hand. You know what God was waiting on between time number one and time number seven to send the tiny cloud the size of a man's hand? He was waiting for Elijah to partner with him. He was waiting for Elijah to move his heart so that he could move his hand. You want to hear the voice of God? You need to get close to him. You want to hear the voice of God? You need to position yourself in the right proximity to the presence. You want to hear the voice of God? You need to partner with what he is telling you to do. Because if faith comes by hearing, and that's it, what are we here for? James one twenty one. pull it up on the screen for me. It says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. Faith comes by hearing, but miracles come by doing. 
You want to see Jesus move in your life? Intimacy is the catalyst that unlocks the opportunity to experience a miracle. Look around you. I think I'd call it a miracle. We launched Yona three months ago. But six months before that, God gave me a word. And you know what that word came out of? It came out of a, of a season of deeply seeking Jesus. Can I get vulnerable for a second? Three months before God gave me the vision for Yona, I was at Chili's with some friends. And we're having a great time. And a friend leans across the table to me. You ever have like one of those friends that's like annoyingly prophetic? Like, dude, we're at Chili's. Relax. (laughs) And she goes, hey, I just want to let you know, God's going to be silent with you for the next three months. And I'm like eating queso. I'm like, what a buzzkill, dude. (laughs) And sure enough, three months later, I fast forward and it felt like God had left me. He was silent. I couldn't sense his presence. I couldn't hear his voice. I was even struggling to experience the joy of the Lord, the salvation I have in him. So what did I do? I chose to press in more. I said, God, if I can't hear you, maybe I'm not close enough to you. So I said, I'm going to get in more. I'm going to get more in the word. I'm going to get more in the presence of God. I'll spend an hour. I'll spend two hours. I'll listen to worship music only. God, whatever I have to do to get close enough to your presence where I can hear you, please just speak to me. And I think that's the exact spot God wants us to be sometimes. He just wants us to be on our knees, willing and crying out and saying, God, I just need you to speak to me. I'll do whatever you need. I'll do whatever it takes. I just want to be close to you because if I don't have you, I don't have anything. If I don't have you, I don't have a future. If I don't have you, what am I here for? And so after months and months of God being silent, He finally spoke to me. And what did he ask me to do? He didn't give me like some breakthrough vision. He said, I want you to start praying for people in your life. He asked me to intercede. God may have spoken to you, or maybe truthfully, you've never been close enough in the presence to hear his voice. That can change tonight. But many of us don't do our part with partnering with God in intercession. What if you just prayed more? What if you just prayed more? What if you just prayed more? And I know people go, oh my gosh, it's another message on prayer. It's so, no, no, it's talking to the creator of the universe, the one who knows my name. He knows the hairs on my head. He knows a future that he has for my life. He is the one that I'm talking to. So after 21 days of intercession, God finally gave me the vision for Yona. And then I learned my lesson. I went back to prayer. 
can I just encourage this room? Can I just tell you that God has a plan for your life? That just because you don't think you've ever heard him doesn't mean he doesn't want to speak to you. That God is waiting for you to get close enough in the presence to hear his voice so he can shift your life, so you could partner with him, so you could experience the fullness of what he has for your life. And it's going to take a little bit of intimacy. It's going to take a little bit of surrender. And it's going to take a little bit of understanding how to partner with him. But are you willing to do it? In the final verses of this story with Elijah, it says that Elijah heard the rainstorm. So he sent his servant seven times. And then he saw a cloud the size of a man's hand and it was enough for him. So he goes to his servant and he says, now is the time. Go, send Ahab home. And what happens? Is it up? It says that in verse 46, then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. You want to hear a word from God? You want to intercede with what he's doing? Can I encourage you that when you do, there's a special strength that will come over you. There's a special cloaking that will cover you. You don't think you have enough for what he's asked you to do. That's why you stopped praying about it. That's why you stopped interceding for it. That's why you stopped believing for it. That's why you stopped looking at the clouds and looking at the sky and believing that God was actually going to do what he said he was going to do. Because you thought you needed to strengthen yourself. But God says, here's the formula. Get close enough to hear something nobody else hears. Pray hard enough to partner with him in what he's doing. And then have faith enough to see something small and know that something small can still be your big God. That something small can still be the beginning of a miracle. That something small can still shift a nation. That something small can still shift your school, your workplace, and your family. That something small with God is actually something big. Scripture says, then a mighty rainstorm comes. And I don't know about you, but I feel a mighty rainstorm coming in this place. I feel a mighty rainstorm on the verge of this nation. I see revival sparking in the hearts of young adults that are willing to be close enough to Jesus and partner with him and then have the faith to go to say, God, you can strengthen me. You can do what you need to do. I trust you. Even if what I see is as small as a man's hand. What in your life did you overlook because it wasn't big enough? You might have been this close to what you heard God speak to you, but abandon it because all you saw was a cloud the size of a man's hand. What have you overlooked in your life that God says it might be small, but I promise you with a little faith and a little trust in me, I'll make what you see small big. I'll do the impossible. If you trust me, all things are possible for the one who believes. All things are possible for the God who can't be defeated. All things are possible for the God who conquered hell, who conquered the grave, who said, Satan, sit down. What if, 
what you had been overlooking. The thing that you thought was as small as a man's hand was what Jesus did on the cross. Is that enough? At the, at the bottom of it, the truth of this, do you need more than what he already did? Do you need to hear more? Then God took your shame. He took your depression. He took your sin. He nailed it to a cross so that you can have fullness and you can have freedom and you can have a new life. Do you need to hear anything else? Or have you been overlooking the small cloud the whole time? It's Jesus. Get in his presence. Experience who he is. Find out who Jesus is by knowing who and where to find him. You don't need much more. Come on, man. You don't need much more. Come on, everyone just stand to your feet right now. I think this is a generation that I so much believe in. That I so much believe in. I wish if you guys could just get a glimpse of what God wanted to do through this generation. I think it would make you a puddle. Because I believe that there's never been a more called generation than now. You want to know how I know? Because there's never been a generation that had to face what we're facing. You know how God shifts things in culture? You know how God shifts things in people? By people who are willing to get close enough to hear what he says and have enough faith to go and do it. And I think tonight there's some people in this room that have been overlooking something in their life. God has spoken to you. God has gifted you. And he's called you. But you've overlooked it because of maybe what somebody said a lie that you believed a sin that keeps reoccurring in your life you started to hear the wrong things but tonight God's saying hear my voice he's called a generation to rise up He's called a generation to turn their back on sin, to turn their back on lies, to turn their back on pain, and turn to the cross. He's called a generation to go back to the feet of Jesus. He's called a generation to get close enough where he can pour out his spirit. And I told you already, there is a double portion tonight of the Holy Spirit for people who want it. I just sense that right now. Come on, begin to sing it out, band. Begin to sing it out, band. There's a double portion for people tonight who want more of his presence. And what it's going to take is saying, God, let me get a little closer. Let me hear your voice. Jesus, take all that I have. I surrender the sin. I surrender the lies. Come on, if you believe it, just begin to sing it out. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that message and it encouraged you to find a way to increase your intimacy with Jesus. The message and what I really was trying and hopefully communicated was that uh, intimacy is the invitation to the voice of God and the presence of God. And um, finding out how to access, host, and be um, living a life that is seated in the presence of Jesus can absolutely shift um, the trajectory of your life. And I hope that you were encouraged by that. I'm praying for you. Again, would love, love, love to see you at a Yonah Nights um, 
And if you live in Southern California, this is your formal invitation. No excuse. I invited you. So you better come. We'd love to see you there. July 7th at Haven City Market in Rancho Cucamonga. And uh, if you need more details, uh, you can go ahead and go to yonanights.com or go to at yonanights. And lastly, Yona is a nonprofit that is currently raising money to find a way to continue to fund what we believe God has called us to do. So if you were impacted positively by this message and want to find a way to help further what God's doing through Yona, um, consider giving and partnering with us financially. Um, each event costs us about $4,000, and we raise that every single time by the faithfulness of Jesus and the faithfulness of people like you. So if you would like to give, you can go to donorbox.org slash Yona and uh, click amounts and give a custom amount or whatever. Whatever you do would be so appreciated. All right, go and have an amazing week. We'll catch you next week on the podcast with a regularly scheduled Questions with Caden episode. See ya. A powerful prayer life does not require hiking a mountain to be able to hear from God. God can meet us right in the middle of our busy lives to help, guide, and speak to us through prayer. I'm Christina Patterson, host of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, providing practical teaching and encouragement on how you can make prayer a natural and consistent part of your everyday life. I promise it won't require hiking a mountain, but you just might develop the faith to move one. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.